guys? I'm Lebanobi, Unapologetic Live. Welcome. Taylor's here. Aw, so... Had to. Music to my ears. Today is Wednesday. And you guys know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow's my birthday. Oh. <laughs> it's your birthday. <laughs> tomorrow I turn 22, which will be fascinatingly... Uh, uh, Probably not fascinating at all. It's probably going to be just a normal day. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow's my birthday. So what's my birthday present? You guys liking the stream. Before we even get into the topic for today, like the stream for my birthday. Or you're fired. Or you are fired. And today we're going to talk about something a little bit different. You know, we can do the politics. We can do the Pride Month stuff. I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. I'm kind of over it. Today we're going to be looking at some philosophy videos on YouTube. I am not well-versed in philosophy whatsoever. If you ask me favorite philosopher, the one with the beard. <laughs> Taylor, do you have a favorite philosopher? Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> but no, it's not something that I typically look into. I know you, you, not at all for you. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like, you know, I mean, Jordan Peterson introduced me to a lot of people like Carl Jung and mm -hmm. uh, Nietzsche and people like that. And, they're, you know, there's... I like ideas, and philosophers yeah. talk a lot about ideas, and so that there that is it's interesting. Taylor is an ideas man. He'll like come up with an idea or a question, and we'll just talk about it for like four hours. I am less inclined to get into things like philosophy. For me, when I when I look at it and view it, it seems like more of a man thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's a strange thing to say, but like I, I'm not often at hanging out with other women who want to have philosophical discussions. Most of the philosophical discussions that I've had in my life are I have a man sitting across from me discussing these things. Is that just because we don't talk about that much as women? We don't concern ourselves with it? Do we care about philosophy less than men do? I don't know. Uh, but it's not been something that I've really cared about, particularly until maybe the last couple of years. I've, I've looked into it, read a little bit about it, and then hearing ideas, I, I start to actually sit in and wonder about life's meaning and, and purpose and how to make yourself a better person and all this stuff. So I figured what is something that we could relate to this channel, the ideas that we talk about, but also get philosophical and maybe watch a video and discuss. And I think where we're going to land is this idea of caring about what other people think of you. A lot of people ask me, why are you so confident in the things that you say? How are you not scared to be open about your beliefs? Does anything ever make you nervous? And the answer is, to to those things is yeah I'm not I'm not a totally fully confident person a lot of what we do on social media is like a highlight reel you're getting the very best of what someone can create and what they can put out although that is starting to change and people are getting more vulnerable on social media but it is a highlight reel of, of confidence for in a lot of ways there's plenty of times in my life where I'm not confident uh, and where I do care plenty about what other people think and I don't think uh, many of us are a stranger to that and you can do it in ways that maybe you're not even conscious of, that you lead your life caring about what other people think, how you are going to be perceived or viewed by other people, and that can then alter your decisions and what you do in life and your ability to truly be who you actually are. So we're going to discuss this through the eyes of Marcus Aurelius. This is a YouTube video from, uh, let's look at their channel name, Freedom in Thought. Taylor alerted me to this channel. So we're going to watch maybe one, two of their videos. This one is uh, called Marcus Aurelius, Stop Caring About What Other People Think. I'm curious, guys, put in the chat down below. We're also gonna look at the community post that I put up on YouTube. Do you guys care 
what other people think of you. I know a lot of people will come forward and go, no, I don't care about what other people think of me at all. And uh, I'm sure a lot of you answered on the community post that exact answer. But there must be something, right? There must be something that you care about. If you feel like being vulnerable, put it down in the chat below. What do you care about uh, when it uh, comes to other people looking at you, thinking about you, uh, and how they perceive you? Let's get into this video. In Meditations, Marcus Aurelius said, don't waste the rest of your time here worrying about other people unless it affects the common good. It will keep you from doing anything useful. You'll be too preoccupied with what so-and-so is doing and why and what they're saying and what they're thinking and what they're up to and all the other things that throw you off and keep you from focusing on your own mind. In my opinion, Marcus touches on the main issue that holds people back in life, being attached to what other people think of them. So I'm going to explore this idea through a dialogue. In Shinjuku, when the clock strikes midnight, a small bar opens up for a few hours. Few people visit it, but the ones who go know what they're looking for. Tonight, Hamari takes a seat alone, and after a few drinks, she has the following conversation with the bartender. Bartender, if you're attached to what people think of you, you'll never do anything truly useful. <laughs> What's really funny about this, imagine you're just sitting at the bar and the bartender walks up to you and is like, if you're attached to what other people think of you, you'll never do anything truly useful. Like, bro, dude, <laughs> I just asked you for a tequila cranberry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did not know we were going to get into this. But it, it's, I'm thinking about this. And Taylor, you'll, you're you going to guide me through this because you are more philosophically minded than I am. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> if you're attached to what other people think of you, you'll never do anything truly useful. What if you cared so much about what people think of you that you just want to do things for people all the time and people please? Is that not, does that not actually exercise utility because you're not being yourself? I guess. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's very, it's just semantics. It's like mm -hmm. in one sense, of course, you could be concerned about what people think of you and that of you and that could drive you to do things for people, be a people pleaser. And you are doing things and those things may be useful in one sense, but I think in the sense that are you being your true self when you are beholden by the desire to please people? Right. No. And then it, can you do anything useful if you're not being your true self and not free from Ooh. slavery to uh, people pleasing? Can you do anything truly useful if it's if you're not you? If you are not being yourself, does that count as doing something that is useful? An interesting question to Oh, wow, my brain hurts. <laughs> it's still the first five minutes. Yeah, we're, we're literally one minute in. I'm like, my brain hurts, guys. <laughs> what do you mean? If you're attached to what other people think of you, you'll never be yourself. And if life has taught me anything, it's that being yourself is the only truly useful thing someone can do. I don't get it. How is being myself useful? True usefulness comes from being what you are. Think about a tree. Its fruits and oxygen are a byproduct of it being itself. The same holds true for us. We do useful things by being ourselves. But aren't I always myself? No, you're getting stuck in the language. Let's look at the tree again. Several things can stop the tree from being itself, such as a lack of sunlight, a lack of water, and lots of competition in the environment. There are obstacles stopping the tree from being. So being yourself, is the same as overcoming your own obstacles. Okay, that cleared up a lot of things for me. I would get into this conversation. I think 
as far as caring about what other people think, it's interesting because you guys are answering that poll right now. There's about 60, 69 votes <laughs> so far. What do you guys care what people think of you? 17% of you said yes. 35% of you said no. 48% of you said it depends. Of course, yeah, it depends. It's probably going to be the winning answer because, yeah, a lot of things are dependent upon the circumstances of the situation you're in, who's around you, what you're thinking at any given moment, where you are at in life. But I found that as I've gotten older, I'm going to be 22 tomorrow, that I have started to... I think you care more about what people think about you as you age. There's this certain, at least for me personally, there's this certain energy that you have as a child of just being exactly who you are and what you are because you don't have those barriers that life experience gives you when it comes to caring about what other people think. Of course, you'll, you'll reach that moment in your childhood where that does start to affect you. You know, the first time somebody makes fun of you or tells you that you're not being nice or, or judges you in a way that you don't like is when other people's thoughts start to infiltrate your own mind and change the way that you perceive yourself. And I wonder what it will take <laughs> to get back to that early childhood area of just being exactly who you are and what you are without caring about what any else anybody else thinks. Is that possible? I'm sure monks and stuff have reached the level of uncomfortability that they truly do not care what other people think. But when I think about it, you know, when, when I read a question like, do you care about what other people think? My immediate instinct is to say no. But if you really delve into your daily life and what you do day in and day out, that is a reflection of yourself or that isn't for the sake of other people, there's probably so many things that are, are, influenced by how you think other people are going to perceive you, the things that you wear, how you do your makeup, how you talk to people in certain situations is completely indicative of caring about what they think and how they're going to view you. And I think that only increases with adulthood. And then maybe you reach this certain this certain point in adulthood where you're so cognizant of that, that you're able to control it and, and make yourself uncomfortable in trying to truly be your authentic self but it's really not easy no i find it to, to helpful to draw a distinction between being self-conscious mm -hmm. and self-aware mm -hmm. because in one sense like if you it, people who lack self-awareness are rude or you know it's like the per person who corners you at a party and talks to you uh, ad nauseum and right. won't let you go and cannot take the cues from your face that you're uncomfortable like <laughs> that, that that's a lack of caring what you think but not mm -hmm. in a good way you know? <laughs> or like that, you know so maybe you could say that about homeless people like they don't care what you think but is it mm. good thing that they have are breaking through society's norms and oh i'm just gonna live however i want it's like well maybe not and that, that can be a, a a lack of self-awareness that drives you to behave in ways that are yeah, detrimental or just should not be widely accepted in society, right? Um, whereas self, being self-conscious is being so concerned with what people think about you in, in an insecure way to where you're unable to, yeah, just interact with people authentically because your interactions with people um, are performative because you're trying to perform into uh, what you think that they might accept and your mind is playing games and tricks on yourself of like, oh, well, they probably want me to act like this and I want them to accept me, so I'm going to play up this part of myself. For And you're not just being present and authentic in a healthy way. And right. so I think that's a helpful distinction is like, our, you know, self being self-conscious is something we don't wish you shouldn't be. Uh, uh, being self-aware is a good thing. Mm. Now I have to think about that. Is the person who doesn't 
doesn't care for social cues and just continues to talk your ear off, are they doing something that is not good, even though they are being themselves? <laughs> is there a, a certain version of being yourself that is inherently not good? Or is it maybe not good for a well-functioning society? Or because you are being yourself, is it just inherently good, even though other people might not like the self that you are? This is why I don't do this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to keep but, uh, watching. I think you need to reconnect the video again. Oh, okay. We our, always... our cable's having issues today. I don't know what the deal is. Donate to PragerU. Yeah, we need desperate help. Uh, <laughs> PragerU.com slash donate so we can get a new cable so you guys can actually watch what we're watching. There we go. We got it back. And one okay. of the greatest obstacles to being yourself is being attached to what other people think of you. How does being attached to what other people think of me stop me from being myself? When you are being yourself... You have to be willing to violate people's expectations of you. You have to be willing to disappoint them. You have to be willing for them to react negatively. But someone who's attached to what other people think of them is not willing to take that risk. So they end up being who others want them to be rather than being themselves. Pause. Perfect place to pause and can perfectly segue into what we talk about a lot on this channel, which is cancel culture, social ostracization for for expressing your views and how you feel and so many people reach out and when I have discussions with them or they DM me on Instagram or you guys comment on YouTube about you know how are you so open about your views and what you believe and what you think and what if you're wrong and this and that um, and these are just all things that I accept about myself. I accept that there is a likelihood that I'm wrong about many of the things that I talk about. I accept that other people are a lot of times not going to like what I have to say at all. And I accept the fact that in many ways, we all violate the expect. If anybody sets an expectation on you, most more than likely you are going to violate that expectation. How much can we possibly know other people? We barely know ourselves. So uh, a lot of that is just coming to terms with exactly that. People's expectations are meant to be violated because how dare they place an expectation upon you, a person that they, they could not possibly know or could not possibly stand in the shoes of. So that's a lot of what makes me unafraid when it comes to expressing my political beliefs. Now, are there plenty of other things in life that I'm totally afraid of how other people perceive me and put on a facade or, or change something about myself in order to not take on the risk attached to having that expectation shattered. Sure, uh, just politics happens to be one of the things where I've come to terms with it and said, this is okay. And when people are scared to express their views on either side, whether you're liberal or centrist or conservative, uh, it, it often stems from how other people are going to perceive them and how other people are going to take that in, the things that they're going to say, how they're going to react. And to that, you just got to get rid of it. You've always been pretty open, Taylor. Did you ever have this conundrum? I mean, on the uh, on the side of like being outspoken about matters of public interest, <laughs> um, pre-working at PragerU, I had to make those make be, be calculated about to whom I would speak and and, mm -hmm. and on what platform. Because um, I was working at a at a marketing agency in Hollywood and worked with almost no, um, you know conservative people or people and it was like and there's this sentiment out there now uh where my just as a white male 
it's considered violence for me to speak or <laughs> to, I, ways, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm exaggerating that. Obviously, I'm not like, oh, what was me victim? But it's like, <clears throat> you know, if I enter the room, it's no longer a safe space. Mm-hmm. And so no matter how much I try to performatively cater to the desires of the people who don't want me to speak or have that ideology, I'm never going to satisfy them. And so I think that's where um, just realizing that, you know, you can sit still and be as nice as you want to be. And you, you'll watch the world be taken over by people who are content or who have an agenda and who are um, not content to have the same neutrality. And so they will you'll, – you'll be a, a doormat for them. And uh, that is what I think we have to avoid in, in today's day and age. I think a lot of people um, – that are in the older generation grew up with a neutral world where people were content to live and let live for the most part yeah. and on both sides of the aisle. And now um, there's such a, so many institutions and uh, mainstream media, Hollywood, academia have become occupied by a militant far left uh, ideology that is, that is advancing against us. And if you don't speak up now, uh, you're, it's not you're, you're just part of the of losing side. You're just going to continue losing ground. And I think that's why more people have gotten outspoken because uh, and I think that's why more people need to, um, because just having this, you know, if caring what people think, even if you do and even if you try your hardest to cater to them, they're, they're still not going to be appeased. Right. It'll never be enough. Yeah. We say that so often. It will never be enough. Joe Decker commented something that sort of reiterated what Taylor said. Care about what people think and become their prisoner. And in a lot of ways, you are. If you have to wake up each day and think about how every single person you're ever going to encounter is going to perceive you, and then you have to mold the way that you live your life, the way you dress, what you say, how you present yourself in any way to to appease those people, you are effectively a prisoner. Uh, and you are making yourself a prisoner. It's fully your choice. But you have to think of, like, what is the alternative to that? The alternative is just radically being yourself. And that can be isolating, too, because some people don't like that. Uh, we, we know it over here on our side <laughs> of the aisle. The Internet doesn't like it. A lot of people come and attack and... That can be just as isolating, but is the self-fulfillment that you get from truly being yourself and knowing that yourself, is that worth it? And in a lot of ways, it's worth it. And yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up at the, at the end of the video, but it's something to take into account and to just think and do a self-inventory, which I will do as we're watching this video, on what are the ways that you are changing yourself so that other people are happier who you are pretending to be. I was gonna say other people are happier with who you are, but it's not who you are. It's who you are pretending to be. Um, can I ask yeah. you real quick, since since you have come out and stood by your beliefs, um, do you think that you the, you have more friends or truer friends than if you would have you know, just tried to stay friends with the people yeah. that you thought would judge you if you were honest mm. back in the day? I think there's less of them, but they are truer. Right. Like when I do an inventory on like my friendships and pivotal relationships in my life, there's like four, three, four or five, but they are rock solid anytime, ride or die. I need them. And it's because they know you too. And when I'm, I was thinking about this recently about what makes a significant other truly special and and what you look for in not only significant others, but friends, partners, things like that, is somebody who you are, who never makes you uncomfortable in being yourself. Like there's no 
there's no thing that you could say as an expression of yourself that would make that person run away or or like cringe from you or judge you harshly and they just truly understand that being yourself is the most important thing and if that is an extension of yourself then that is a beautiful wonderful thing that they want to be friends with or a significant other with or a partner with and that's what you should be looking for in your relationships and when i think back out of my old friendships there was so so much of it was performative of I, you know, and I see a lot of people talk about this on social media. Like I'm going to hang out with my PC friends. Here's the list of things that I know I'm not going to be able to say, or I'm going to hang out with this friend. Uh, I, I know this, this subject matters off the table, but why though? If that's what you want to talk about, if that's who you are as a person, and if you are not surrounding yourself with people who love you for who you actually are, then what do they love you for? And, and when people are scared of losing those friends, it's an interesting thing to go, what are you actually losing? Because they're not losing you because they don't know you. <laughs> and you're not losing them because if you are this performative person around them, do you even know them? So it's, it's yeah, it's weird. And you learn that more. I can't wait to learn more about like what I should have been looking for. And when you learn it, you're like, God damn. I wish I could go back to like kindergarten and truly seek out the people who were like the weird kids, totally just being themselves, super accepting, because I guarantee you those guys are still friends every single time. What about you? Do you ever have like a friend drama, don't know me type thing? Uh, I don't know. But as you're as you're talking about, you know, the best friendships or even romantic relationships are those in which you can fully be yourself and, and be known. I think a lot of reasons why pe a lot of the, the reason why people hold themselves back in relationships is that like root fear of rejection mm -hmm. and what love really is is like being fully known and accepted radic and like um enjoying a that relationship and intimacy um where you are your true self and you can share that with with another person right. and that's what it's such a fearful thing though because i think as human beings just in general you're like well what if they if someone really knew my flaws they wouldn't love me or if someone really knew my fears or insecurities or whatever they wouldn't love me and been growing into a a place of relationship um where you have that level of trust and comfort where you can be yourself yeah. and be fully known and be and know that you're accepted and safe in that even with your flaws or even with your insecurities is like is a special thing i think there's a deep human craving for all of that and uh just to put a bow on that i there's i'm reminded of a scripture that says like perfect love cast out fear mm -hmm. and that's basically that idea is so right yeah not having fear mm -hmm. um being able to knowing yourself loved um despite your flaws is the unlocks that like a fearlessness in a relationship that you can have like that give you the courage to be your true self right i used to like cringe or when people are like you can't love somebody else until you love yourself i know you guys have all <laughs> heard that but if you really think about it philosophically you cannot love somebody else until you have a deep love and appreciation for your own self until you even understand what that means to love yourself because if you don't and if there's all these things you're gonna hide about yourself or be insecure about or be scared that somebody couldn't possibly love about you what are you giving the person that you're with uh you're not giving them yourself you're giving them somebody else mm -hmm. and we reacted to TikToks on like dating advice and all of it was about these girls saying just do this fake thing just do this fake thing it's going to get this reaction here's this trick when he asks you this say this to what end to what what are you getting because they're saying oh this is how you're going to achieve a boyfriend or a husband but is it really is that really what you're achieving if they they don't know you and you don't know them anyways 
Get off the soapbox, let's continue. I guess you're right, but what can I do? I depend on what people think of me to survive. Mm. So you're attached to what other people think of you because you're dependent on their opinion for security. But if your relationship depends on satisfying someone's expectations, it's not a real relationship. You are a prisoner to someone's idea of you. I guess that's true, but there's still security in a prison. Yes, but you're in a prison. You've traded the whole of your life for security. What is there left to secure? Hmm, I guess that's true. I never thought about it. But no matter what I do or where I go, I'll always depend on people's opinions for security. That's how the world is, isn't it? If you sell water in a desert, does it matter what people think of you? If you can truly produce something of value, their opinions do not matter. I guess you're right, but how do I make something of value? That's like asking how the tree makes its fruit. I'll put it like this. A tree is imprisoned by a lack of water, sunlight, and competition. When the tree breaks out of these prisons, when it becomes completely free, the fruit is the natural outcome. It's not about how you can produce something of value, but how you can become free. When you break free of all your prisons, your fruit comes of its own accord. Pause. Now we're getting real deep. <laughs> <laughs> the analogies are happening. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about this as much as I possibly can. Yes. Okay, so we live in a society that truly now... Okay, so when I was what 13 or 14 is probably when i got a smartphone and started being like seeing social media and that was on the massive rise all over the world really and since then it seems like all of our lives are defined by what other people think of us now there's careers based around what other people think and you're watching gen z and the the younger what is the generation after gen z i don't know do they have a name yet is it still gen z if you're born like today i have no idea yeah. i don't know they do have a name of i think it's a separate generation they do have a name know. put it in the chat if you know but it's like 80 to 90 percent of them say that their goal in life is to be like a tiktok star or an, an instagram creator or a youtuber and in a lot of ways even me telling you that i do this as a career uh in a lot of ways that career is purely shaped by maintaining a presence that the people who watch your content like and that does not hopefully shatter too many of the expectations that they've created for you. So to think that a vast majority of young people growing up right now want to pursue that in their lifetime and have that be the backbone of, of what supports their lifestyle and supports their families is a really crazy, scary thing to think about. And especially if it's morphed around creating this lifestyle that people want. And a lot of people do that. Like I said, social media is just a highlight reel of your life. Now that's changing to people crying and being vulnerable on social media. But once you've incentivized that, is that the new expectation that you're now meeting? So there's there's these constant barriers that are going to be put, put forth. And I think it's going to be even more of a problem of caring what people think than it's ever been before with social media. Yeah. People are saying it's Generation Alpha. Generation Alpha. Which is pretty ironic. That's wild. <laughs> Generation Beta. Yeah. <laughs> Sigma. No, nah, I'm just kidding. We don't like making fun of generations. You guys all have your own struggles and you all have your own mess ups. I'm looking at those who came before me. <laughs> <laughs> You're the ones who put us here, to be fair. Um, but what was I what was I getting at? 
Yeah, so we all have the person who we are, and in, in some ways that is changeable, but in many ways, unchangeable. So anything that you're doing to inhibit who you actually are is inhibiting the inherent value that you have as a human being that you were born with. So when she asked, how do you produce value? Well, being who yourself, is, is, that, is that not valuable? Is that not producing something? And anything that you do in your life to mask that decreases the value that you could be extending to the world. Who knows the relationships you're supposed to have? Who knows what you're supposed to create if you are not giving your brain and your body the ability to be what it actually is? So if you, if you think most of us are doing that, like as much as the majority of people are going to say, I absolutely do not care what other people think of me. Well, you do. You know, you wake up in the morning, you get dressed for your job. I'm sure you're kind to the coworkers around you and at times where you don't want to be, but because you care about what people think of you, you eat certain foods, you exercise in a certain way. Some of us for our own uh, health, our own mind, body, soul, whatever you think, but a lot of us for perception. I admit, I'll be the first one to admit, I do so many things for the sake of how other people perceive it in the line of work that we're in you know it kind of goes hand in hand and I'm sure we all do and although it is our instinct to go no I absolutely don't care what other people think why is that because that's our ideal I think that's our ideal goal in life is to not care about what other people think are we all there yet of course not of course we're not there now I'm sure many of you think about what YouTube comment you're going to put in the live chat before you do it just as I would if I was watching somebody else's show and you do that because you care about what other people think and how they will perceive you. Yeah, yeah and it, while you're talking, I'm thinking that like one other really interesting thing about this whole conversation is this this new phenomenon of identity politics and how um, there's there's this fascination with, oh, well, I identify as this or I'm part of this political movement or social movement or whatever. And, and uh, it's all about the intersectionality and all, you know, I'm uh, I'm a minority, I'm female. And so that I'm, I'm in all these boxes. And it's like, that in a lot of ways, the thinking around that and attaching your identity to these immutable characteristics about yourself is actually can be some of those inhibitors to being your true self mm -hmm. because you're performing into the, the preordained, predetermined, packaged box of what it means to be an LGBTQIA plus person or what it means to be a BLM supporter, what it means to be a black person in America. Yeah. Um, that that so whoever the powers that be over our culture define, and then you have you're expected to live into that, and that's how you're going to be your true self is what they tell you or even like the mm -hmm. feminism thing um and it's really like no this is an inhibition to being your true self because you're telling me i can't use my own brain to look at the world and come to my own conclusions about things or look at reality and facts you're telling me to overlook certain facts and certain realities in favor of the ones you want me to see in the way that you want me to live and it's it's a what's it's amazing that like you know modern feminism it's all about emancipating women from these old traditional boxes that they put us in but really mm. it's just putting you in a new box right. and that's <laughs> what's so this identity politics that like it promises you freedom and it promises you this self-determination that if you identify as this then everyone should affirm that it's like it's really just a shallow game that circumvents the the natural process of having to develop yourself as an individual and negotiate your uh your uh position in the world with with reality and and uh yeah. it's yeah it just seems like they're they're very intent on handing you your, your identity and saying, here's what you should be. And, and that's actually a prison instead of uh, something that is free. Yeah. And I, all of that was absolutely like perfect. It's a, it's a perfect, 
I think, explanation of what's going on in the world right now in a lot of the things that we're fighting is that so many of these movements are are veiled with the idea of saying that this is individuality and that we're increasing individuality and uniqueness, but you're really not. You're creating a, what is a very, very binary system if you think yeah. about it, and we know they don't like binaries, but we spoke about this when we went over the top 10 cringy pride virtue signals this month, and we looked at the Fox News one, and about this kid transitioning and the mother saying, well, he, you know, she's being exactly, or he's being exactly who he actually is. But no, you're going through that same pattern step of, of what it means to be this certain thing. And when you look like, go to, I don't even want to use the example of the pride parade because there's so many better examples that we can use that have nothing to do with the social issues, but I'll, I'll use it for the sake of, it's the first thing that came to mind. If you go to a pride parade and you'll see, uh, all these gay men who, you know, have that same voice. Like a lot of people ask, why do they all do that same feminine voice? They don't all, but a lot of them do. And it's because that's just what's expected. It's what's expected. Uh, I identify as this, and this is the expected portrayal of that characteristic. And uh, that's what we all do in our own little ways. And I'm going to spend my time this week, now that we've brought this to our attention, finding out all the different ways that I do this in my life. I'm sure there are a thousand in one day and you'll never find them all because it's truly impossible. You're blind to some of the things that you do. It's, it's, I'm sure it's subconscious. But what are the ways that we put ourselves into these expectations and set ourselves in the box and go, well, this is what I'm supposed to be because this is who I am or who I think I am and uh, identify those and see if you can stop that. What is the actual, real, authentic uh, alternative to what you're doing day in and day out. Let's finish this up, I think. Marcus Aurelius said that caring what other people think would prevent you from doing anything useful. And I explored the meaning behind this idea through a dialogue. The most useful thing someone can do is be themselves. And what we truly are can never be put into words, whether we think we are good, bad, an artist, or a lawyer. What we are can never be boiled down to a single word. When we say I am a wife, or a mother, or a musician, or a lawyer, we're taking one tiny sliver of our memory and identifying ourselves with it. We're more than our memories. Being yourself is the same as overcoming your own problems, and truly overcoming your own problems is what allows you to help others overcome theirs, which is why true value lies in being oneself. But as long as we're attached to what other people think of us, we will always be what people want us to be, rather than being ourselves. And if we abandon ourselves, we abandon our ability to be truly useful to the world. And if we abandon our ability to be truly useful to the world, we abandon what is perhaps the only form of true security. On the other hand, when we be what other people want us to be, we have the security of a prisoner, which is security in exchange for life. And that's really not any security at all. But at the end of the day, this is just my opinion and understanding of Marcus's words, not advice. Feel free to use this information however you like. And if you have a different take on Marcus's words, I'd love to hear your perspective in the comments. It's a good thing I'm not like high or something while watching this. I'd be <laughs> crying. I'd be oh. like, oh, dude, <laughs> it's so deep. How can I be more myself? But really, these are questions we should be asking ourselves. How can we be more ourselves? And I like how he said 
you know, personal security and security within yourself is really all that you have at the end of the day. That is one thing that once you have it, you can truly rely on. And I meet people. There, there are a few people in my life who I know are completely, not completely, how can you ever be completely, but are just really secure with themselves and have done a lot of deep thinking into who they are, who they would like to be, how how uh, they lead their lives and, and what is innate to them and what their strengths and weaknesses are and constantly trying to be better and but a better version of themselves, not not somebody else's version of better. And the more that we can do that in our lives, the better that we're going to be. For me, speaking about politics and social issues and how I feel about them and telling what I think uh, to be, I don't even want to say true, but yeah, true, uh, at least in the in the moment that we're talking about it, that's what I enjoy doing. That's what helps me be most myself. That's why we got unapologetic. That's kind of part of it. <laughs> Being unapologetic about what it is that you are going through, where you're at in life, and what it is you think. So I, I think this was a really, really good message for today. Sometimes we often stop. Uh, we need to often stop and take inventory on ourselves rather than constantly taking inventory on other people which is really difficult to do in the age that we're in and how connected we are not only nationally but globally to people and all across the world who are all leading their own lives and all happen to be sharing that on the internet and it's so easy to sit and plug your brain into this thing and for hours just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll never having once put ourselves in an uncomfortable position where we even have to take a stake of, of what we are and, and who we are and what we think. Uh, so I am going to dedicate myself to finding out who I am <laughs> and, uh, and then sharing that with you all. And I hope you can do the same. We want this channel to be very much an open forum for all people of all walks of life. I don't care what you believe politically. We're all trying to express ourselves, have conversations, disagree with each other, learn who we are and, and build and grow into that. Even if who we are is a person who disagrees with me. <laughs> so that's the goal here. Taylor, any final thoughts? Uh, no, I mean, I'm happy to be on this journey with you as you enter year 22. Thanks, Taylor. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So we're all going to go ahead and be ourselves. And if that is trolling me in the comments, please uh, <laughs> have have at it, guys. Thank you so much for watching on this Wednesday. Again, tomorrow's my birthday, so we're celebrating on the stream tomorrow. <laughs> cannot wait. June 16th, baby. Please uh, like, subscribe, click the notification bell to be notified every single day when we go live. And if you could go to my community post that I put out today about you caring about how other people view you so far. Let's see how many of you have voted. 2000 of you have voted. 6% of you said that yes, you, li you live much of your life uh, with this in mind. I actually clicked that when I made this community post. I think I, upon looking into myself, live much of my life with how other people think of me being strongly in my mind. So I'm in that 6%. 34% of you said, no, I am truly myself without caring what others think. 48% of you said, sometimes I find myself worrying about how others view me. And 12% said, I haven't given it much thought. So 100% of us should give it much more thought. Think about it. And then when you do, come and leave a comment down below. And I'll be going through liking some, responding to some, and just finding out what you other 
human being individuals are doing with your lives. Thank you so much for watching. See you tomorrow, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. Bye, guys.